This is Todd Adams. This is Kathy Adams. Welcome back. Zen Parenting Radio, episode number 148. Almost up to 150, sweetie. Say hello. Hi. Did you? Is that the first time you talked? No. I, I think I said my name, didn't I? I said this is Kathy Adams. Oh, maybe you did. Sorry about that. So Zen Parenting Radio, We this is a discussion between a spiritual and emotional mom. That's you, sweetie. Who and drinks a, coffee. Who drinks coffee. And a logical and practical dad, that's me. We have three daughters, ages six, eight, and ten, and our goal is to give you the resources to become a better parent, but more importantly, to become a better you. And you don't drink coffee. No. I tried, and it didn't taste good. I don't know what you. I don't know what all you people are thinking about. I love coffee. Coffee loves you. I know. Well, I only have one a day, but when I have it, I have it right now, and it, I'm very in a good mood because of it. Yeah, it's a drug. <laughs> don't say that. It's good for the liver. Sweetie, you want to know what the best predictor of a child's well-being is? A parent's self-understanding. That's right. That's our motto, yes. at least for this month. So we're talking about uh, um, drama and daughters and whether or not that's a true statement. I don't like the word. I know you don't. That's all right. All right. And we're going to tell, share some personal stories of okay. how our daughter is or is not drama-filled. And we're going to talk about this really good blog I read, and it's called He Said He Was Leaving, She Ignored Him. You know, I'm glad we're going to talk about this because you really like this blog and I want to know, I mean, believe me, I think it's got some really good content. I'm glad we're going to talk about it, but I want to know what, it, it really touched something in you. I think it's an insight. I just don't like blamers. Mm, me you know? neither. Me neither. And, and this husband was a blamer. Ah. So it's a it's a, it's a a blog and we'll share it on our show notes, uh, Zen Parenting Radio, I think it's slash archive 148, just find it on our yeah. On our website. And um, this woman thinks everything is great. And then um, all of a sudden her husband says, I'm leaving you. I don't know if I ever loved you. Are we starting with this? No, we're not. Okay. I'm just, it's a tease. And then I want to get to a question. We got a question from Kimberly. I didn't ask if it was okay to use her name, but. Don't use her last name. There's then. more than one Kimberly out there's there. There's a lot of Kimberly's. But I got a feeling she wouldn't be mad if we did. But anyways, it's about, um, it's a really good question from Kimberly. So I really hope we get to it. Okay. Me too. So, and then I have one good movie line. Just one? But I'm not going to tell you when it's happening. You're, not, you're just going to allow it to occur. That's right. Let's right. jump into drama-filled daughters. So okay. I, w- I do this thing called Men's Fraternity. It's every Wednesday morning, and it's basically a group of men that uh, convene and learn a little bit about relationships and things like that. And we had a really good speaker last week, but the first thing he said was, I have three sons, uh, so for those of you who have daughters, I don't know what the – I can't help you with all the drama. And he was a really good speaker, nice guy. He didn't mean anything bad by it, but it just kind of bugs me that, oh, I have daughters that automatically means we have drama. Mm -hmm. And it's not that we don't have moments where they're acting irrationally, but I'm sure that there are moments. So do you. Yeah, so do boys. (laughs) And so do I as an adult. So I have um, a quick, um, what's it? I was going to say trigger, but. You uh, have fuse. a short fuse. I have a short fuse. You have a quick. Tr- <laughs> you don't want to tell people you have a quick. No, trigger. no. Let's not get into that. <laughs> um, you have a short fuse. Short fuse, not a quick trigger finger. <laughs> and I, I just took a drink of coffee when you said that. So, so um, I don't know. I just and you know, for those of you listening to the show a lot, um, I can't stand it when other men say to me, "Wait until my daughters are teenagers, and I'm going to hate my life, and they're going to hate me, and all this other stuff." And I just it drives me insane. Right. So, um, anyways, so we had some experiences in the last few days where our six year old 
uh, had certain uh, behaviors that could have been considered drama filled. Mm -hmm. And I love talking about how we screw up as parents, but in these instances, I'm going to talk about how we handle these very well. And maybe through these examples, people will listen and be able to understand and maybe use some of these tools that we use in their own daily life. Well, and before we even tell any stories, I think that the a few things that I want to add to what you said is number one, it's not about denying that there are times when a girl has um, strong emotion, but it's acknowledging that emotion is okay. Because what we do is we have this feeling that everybody should be this baseline it, it, this baseline feeling all the time, not too up, not too down. Just listen to me, follow through with what I say. Don't ask a lot of questions, respect what I'm doing. And we don't have this ability to tolerate different emotional experiences. And I think what we need to understand about girls and boys, but I don't think it's as allowed in our society for boys, is that they have emotional experiences and it's okay. And as adults, we have emotional experiences and it's okay. And if you know that and you believe it, it makes this parenting process a little easier because then you don't view their emotional experience as being there's something wrong with them or there's something wrong with your parenting. Right. And I just I want to give that as a baseline because if you don't believe that, then the stories that Todd and I are about to share, you will not value them. That's right. And so, and if you don't value them, that's, <laughs> what is this? This is Rolling this Stones. Is Stones, but what's the song? It's called Mixed Emotion. Oh, we all have mixed emotions. You're not the only one with mixed emotions. Did you decide to turn that down and sing it yourself? That's right. Because I'm better than Mick Jagger. What does he know about singing? <laughs> well, he hasn't been around that long. No, no. He's, um, he's, a, he's not going to last. So <laughs> he'll never last in this market. <laughs> so I, I I feel like that's a baseline that we have to have, if, or we have to have that understanding that emotional expression is okay. And that if we, um, I had a, a deep thought about that. Oh, and that it's all about framing. I love this language, framing and naming it. If we frame any kind of extreme emotional experience or just an emotional experience as being negative, then we are going to call everything our girl everything our girls do as drama filled or oversensitive or not okay, right? Or we can't tolerate it, or how dare they be that way? Because what I always hear from women, not always, but a lot of women who have sons, some tell me that their sons have emotional experiences, but a lot of them will be like, "Oh, they don't ask for they're anything. They're so easy. They're so easy. They don't ask for anything. They never." And then I'll say, "Have you talked to them about this or that?" And they're like, "No, they just don't really seem." to want to know that. And what's going on there. And not, not what's going on there. What could be what going could be? on? See, now there are two sides to this. I don't know their situation, so I can't say, well, this is what's happening. But what can sometimes be happening, and I'm saying this from my professional experience, is that child, that boy is not expressing their emotions Correct. and they're swallowing them. Correct. And we're walking around going, oh, great. They don't have any issues. Right. Every human being has something they need to express. Right. And and they have challenges. And when they come home every day for three years in a row and say, oh, nothing happened at school. Nope. Nobody bothered me. Oh, nothing. It's not that we need to dig in and find a problem. Yeah. We don't need to do that. What we need to do is in our own home, create an environment where emotional expression is valued. So what's weird about it is you would think, oh, my, let's just come up with a pretend scenario. I have a son and a daughter. Oh, my son never asked for anything. It's so easy. My daughter is so drama filled. There's so many issues. There's, we have to deal with her every day. It's In a way, it is quite possible that your daughter is going to end up healthier from an emotional standpoint in 10 or 15 years because she has the ability to express those emotions. And we have to respect the fact that there is a difference between the genders and not one is easy, one is hard, but girls 
tend to, generally speaking, have a more sensitivity, meaning they relate to people better. They they want to communicate and connect with people on a deeper level. They see and feel things differently. And instead of thinking that's wrong, Mm -hmm. we have to respect it's like, I'm going to give a little, a short little story about this. We have a rabbit, as many of you know, because we talk about him. He's the G-man. What I always say to my girls whenever they're trying to do something with him that's kind of cat or dogish is you have to respect his rabbitness. Yeah. Don't try and make him something he's not. Right. If you have a daughter, not all girls are the same. There's a spectrum of some have higher emotions than others. And, you know, it's, but gen- generally speaking, girls, women have a greater emotional capacity and right. that's a good thing. Right. That's not something. And boys have a great emotional capacity too. Right. But a lot of times in our society, as we've said so many times, it's not valued, yeah. but I don't want to devalue what our girls have intuitively. Right. And so that's the framing and naming piece. And then now you can tell the story. So we have a few stories, three to choose from. And I don't think we'll say all three. But Friday night, my dad came over. Um, we see my dad about once a week or something like just depends on what's going on. And he was here. And I, uh, you know, I try to make sure that the girls greet him and give him a hug as they're leaving and all that other stuff. So because they're older now and yeah, they, they're older, yeah. they can, you know, when there were two or four, we just let them do whatever they felt like doing. So anyways, that's besides the point. So we had pizza, dad, grandpa's over. It's kind of fun. Everybody's eating pizza and Skylar is upstairs and you went up there and what happened? Well, just to give a little background on that, Skyler had a week last week where she was not sick, but she was wiped. Yeah. Like she was coming home from kindergarten. She actually said to me last Monday, Mom, I did so much learning today. And her eyes were like half closed. Mm-hmm. And of course, I'm thinking maybe she is sick. You know, maybe she's coming down with something. She never got sick. Right. She was just exhausted. Yeah. So every day after school, she was taking a nap, right. which is wonderful because right. she doesn't do that anymore. Right. So I went upstairs and she was asleep, but kind of gently waking up. She actually that day missed her. She has a social activity, um, an extracurricular activity on Friday, and she just slept right through it. And right. we let her. Yeah, it was like her. she was white. Well, and that's another thing. You, you don't just because she's signed up for it. We decided as parents, this girl's sleeping. She needs to sleep. She's six years old. It's not like it's a 12 year old soccer team <laughs> right. where everybody's relying on you. So we're like, oh, just let her sleep. Let her sleep. Well, we try. I said, do you want to get up? Are you, you ready to go? She's like, Ugh. it wasn't meant to be. It wasn't meant to be. So she was still sleeping. So I went up there again and her eyes were open, but she just looked at me and said, I said, she said, I don't feel right. And I said, do you feel sick? She said, no, I just feel sad. I just want to, you know, she didn't say it. I want to, she said, I just feel sad. I, and I, and she kind of looked at me and I said, you just want to cry? And she said, I just want to cry. And I said, go ahead, just cry. And I kind of, she's in a top bunk. So I kind of put my, my arm around her and put my hand, my hand on her head and she just cried. And she, it was almost like she was kind of, um, like pushing it out. Like she was like, you know, like, ah, you know, it wasn't like a full blown. She couldn't have a real right. good. She, it was like, she was trying to get it through. And then she kind of quieted down and I said, do you want me to stay? And she said, and I, and she said, that's okay. And I said, you ready to get up? She said, not quite yet. And then I went downstairs and about 10, 15 minutes later, she walked down Mm -hmm. and first she had something to eat. She kind of went in a corner. She still needed to be by herself. So let me interject. There's a part of me that could easily have said, you know what? Your grandpa's here. You're awake. You're coming downstairs. And sit there and eat your pizza because you love pizza and there's no reason why you shouldn't and be sit eating. sit at the table with us. Sit at the table. Yeah. So she came downstairs. She didn't even want to – because I think she kind of felt like she missed something. So she didn't want to join the dinner 
midway through. So I think that's why she went to her table. Well, and I would say that is that is your viewpoint. It's not necessarily wrong because we don't really know. But I just feel like when you have had an emotional expression, you're kind of raw. Yeah. And you don't really want to be around yeah. people. I mean, after I've had a big cry, the last thing I want to do is go join a bunch of people at a table. Right. So I, you know. So, and that's what we did. And she let it out. And then, you know, it took a good half hour for her to kind of get the cobwebs out. But then she was fine. Not only fine. Yeah. She was like on top of the world. Right. And she was, and you guys even had another activity that night, the Indian princesses and she thing. she was fine. And she went and was great. And so, so. So here's the thing. Okay. If we would have forced her downstairs, what would have happened? Drama. Like right. we would, so we, we kind of, we, we. Like weaved around the drama. Well, and I think some people would say the fact that she needed to cry and didn't have a quote unquote reason that we could point to. Which there wasn't. They would call that drama too. Like what's wrong with her? Why is she so sensitive? And here's the thing. I don't think something happened Mm -hmm. to her. I don't think, I mean, she and I, I always ask her questions. We always have discussion whenever she needs to have a good cry. But our girls have been doing this since they were very little. We've always kind of had this understanding in our home. If you're having feelings, you let them out. And sometimes they can point to something. And sometimes it's just a, a big ball of things that have happened throughout the week. Like you've been built up energy, built up energy that just needs to get let go of. Mm -hmm. And, and so the feeling of having somebody not only be okay with that, that you need to release it, but willing to sit there with you while you release it. Mm -hmm. I, I don't think we understand how amazing that can be. Right. Because how often, you know, think about this as an adult. When you really need to have a good cry and you have someone who will sit with you and not tell you to stop crying or not tell you it's going to be okay, but just to be there and allow that space for you to have an emotional expression, that that is like... Uh, that's some huge, that's some best friend territory, you know, that's like some serious love. Um, and so I think that's the framing and naming thing is, is all of my daughters, um, and, and myself, we all have times where we have emotion that needs to be let out, but I don't consider that dramatic. Right. Yeah. (laughs) It's almost like the same thing will happen. It's just how you label it will kind of helps differentiate the energy that you bring to the situation. Exactly, because it's all about how it triggers something in you. Because I have an, another short story that's similar. Make it short. Um, on Sunday, we went to see – this is yesterday. We went to see a show. And right before we were leaving, Skylar said she wanted a bowl of uh, Raisin Bran real quick. That chick loves cereal. I know. And I was like, honey, we're going. We're going. You know, I was in kind of like we got to get in the car mode even though we were not late at all. Mm-hmm. Again, you know, like we're always thinking we're late even though we're not late right. at all. And finally, it's kind of a long story, but she kind of just stood there and looked at me and kind of was like putting her hands over her eyes, kind of like, mom, you don't understand. I need a bottle of cereal. Finally, I like stopped. I said, what have you had this morning? Because she spent the night with my mom. She said we had like two donut holes or something. Mm, So the girls hadn't eaten Mm -hmm. in like four or five hours. She was thinking she was going to have to get in the car for an hour. She was trying to say, please give me some food. But a lot of times we are so wrapped up in do what I say. Mm -hmm. I'm in a hurry. We, you know, that we don't even look at the human element of right. what our children are trying to say to us. I said, okay, sit down, have a bowl of cereal, really quick one. She sat down, she looked at me, she said, thank you. Mm-hmm. Like she was like, it was like I had just given her a Christmas present. Well, a lot of times when we talk to parents, I, what we say sometimes is put your kids in a, pish, a position to, to succeed. succeed. Yeah. And if the kids had two donut holes and all of a sudden she's going to, you know, that there's no lunch. She's going to melt down. Right. She was already showing me, Mom, I'm going to, please. Yeah. She's she was like a little volcano. For what she needed. She was a little volcano that started smoking yep. like Peter Brady and yep. the Brady Bunch. Yep. 
And then <laughs> exactly well, like exactly. that. Exactly. <laughs> so instead, we just fed her some raisin bran, and the volcano went away. And again, the other piece that the thing that parents have to understand is it's the framing and naming thing again. If you come from the viewpoint that your children should do everything you say, and if they question you, they're being disrespectful, then anything they do, you're going to think is dramatic and oversensitive. Mm-hmm. But if you view them as human beings who are often asking for what they need, mm-hmm. um, and telling you exactly what they need to succeed, mm-hmm. and you can view it through that lens then it's not such a big deal because then she got in the car and was 100% and sat through a, a, a two and a half hour show. We went to see Wicked. She sat there. She was great. She was fine. And if I had pushed my agenda, because I was about to, I'm I got to sure. be honest with you. Yeah. I was like, ah, you know, I was feeling that annoyance. Like, And I think we would have had a miserable drive there and potentially a not such great experience at the show. So again, it's a self-understanding piece. Are you looking for something? What you've worked and waited for. Is this the is this a good song? This this is one of the good songs. Oh, but it's not the good song. Yeah, well, it it is probably the best song. The Defying Gravity show. song. Mm-hmm. So for those of you who haven't seen Wicked, apparently it's pretty good. Oh, it's so good. But no. when does she start singing for real? I she is singing right now. No, like where it gets good. I mean, well, not for another about four minutes, but it's a slow build up. Oh. Um, we've so the girl. This was Skyler's first time seeing Wicked. I've taken the girls before, and I think it was my fourth. You really like that time. show? Well, you know, I had to watch football. I, I had things <laughs> I needed to do. Um, so I want to talk about our first partner, Helping Hands Maid Services. They got a special going on: get three rooms of carpet cleaning for only ninety nine bucks. Wow, that's really good. And they cleaned our carpets, and they did a really good job. That's a lot of dirty socks. It's a lot of. It's right. Their socks do get dirty with dirty carpet. Don't no, they? no. It's he uses oh, the yeah, socks yeah, yeah, to yeah. filter the dirt, that's and you right. can see how much dirt comes through. Tw- plus, they have twenty five bucks off house cleaning. So give them a call. Um, HelpingHandsMaidServices dot com six three zero five three zero one three two four. Is there anything else you want to share regarding um, drama? Well, I, the I, only other thing I, I okay, I go ahead, honey. Is sometimes it become a self fulfilling prophecy. Totally. So if you say to your daughters, "Oh, why are you so dramatic?" It's, it's weird. That's just kind of the direction that they go into. Instead, focus on when they're not dramatic. Saying, "I'm so impressed by how you handled that situation." And you know what? You know what a parent is saying when they're saying that often. Not you know is why aren't you more like me? Yeah. Why don't you suck up your emotions and not express yourself like the way I do? Right. <laughs> and you know what? Our children are our teachers in that way. Is Of course, we're as a 42-year-old woman, I'm not going to have a response like a six-year-old. Right. But I can understand and respect that when a six-year-old is having an emotional expression, that as a parent, it's important for me to be there for her rather than tell her why she's wrong to have it. Now, what I usually get after a conversation about this is emails or comments, because I write about this too, about an extremely emotional child or a child who has special needs or a child who is autistic, who their emotional expression is not something that they feel is, you know, containable. And I totally understand that. And I, and if, if something is completely off the charts, then you need support and you need help. And maybe that child needs support too. But there is this range where a lot of emotional expression is very typical and not only typical, but healthy and good for them. And if they learn how to not only feel it, but then learn tools to deal with it, then the rest of their life, they'll be able to have an experience, have an emotional release, let it go and move on. And that's kind of, as parents, we have to look at the long term. What do we want to teach our child? How to shut up and get in the car? Mm -hmm. Or do we want to teach them how to 
have an ha, like respect what's coming through and be present for it. Sometimes I want them to shut up and get in the car. I do too. And sometimes when I'm in a hurry, that is, I don't always make the best choice, but this weekend we had a few good ones. So our favorite chiropractor around is Tree of Life Chiropractic Care, sweetie. Dr. Kelly. Dr. Kelly, she's awesome. I need to get adjusted, but I'm going to be We both traveling. do. I know. I know. You're not going to go in. I'm going to miss my adjustment this Not week. even tomorrow? No, I got to leave early. Oh, bummer for I th- you. I think. Um, 630-941-8733. She's a chiropractor here in Elmhurst, Illinois. she got customers all over the western suburbs in Chicago. Give her a call and uh, tell her that Zen Parenting sent you. Yes. All right. So now I want to get into this blog. You all right with that? Sure. Ready. Um, but first... Really? You got, you got three lemons. What my baby wants, my baby gets. You know that. No, but I, I wanted 12. Baby wanted 12. Why would you want 12 lemons? Because I'm making a 12 lemon centerpiece. So no one's actually even eating them? They're just they're show lemons? Yeah, they're just show lemons. Shown in the center of the table. Glad you find that amusing. But I cannot fill a vase with only three lemons. Well, can't you just use, like, maybe a, a drinking glass? I could use a well, drinking... you can have a smaller uh, version of a centerpiece. Sounds like a good idea. use a drinking glass for our centerpiece. You know what? I got an idea. Why don't we go ahead and scratch the, the uh, centerpiece idea altogether? Because the chicken... That burnt my mouth. Could maybe use a little bit of lemon on top of it. Guess what? Now we made a better meal versus something visually nice to look at. What are you do- What's happening here? What are you doing? What are you doing? I, I, I had such a long day on the bus. I am. Ex- I need a little bit of downtime. My feet are killing me. Come on, my feet are I'm killing exhausted. me too. I worked all day. Went to the market. I cleaned this entire condo, and then I've been cooking for the last three hours. Come on, help set the table. Sweetheart, what? you've done such a great job already. Why don't, don't you want to finish it yourself and have that personal power, that accomplishment? Set the table. Listen to me. Do you think that when Michelangelo, right, was painting the 16th chapel, that he said, hey, guys, you know, I did pretty good on the first 15 chapels, but why don't you help me design this one? And maybe you could help me uh, give me a brush, and you guys can grab brushes, and we can all make a great chapel? Uh-uh. No, he didn't. And you want to know what the results were? A masterpiece. A masterpiece, sweetie. Oh, you know, it's so funny to listen to that without visual Mm -hmm. because he really sounds like a jag. I'm sorry. And I'm coming from the girl perspective, but he's so not. He kind of is a jag, but it also exemplifies the idea that we just want to problem solve. And it's it's at the expense of her needs. But, you know, get a smaller glass. That makes sense to me. I know. And the thing that you don't understand is that when you're inviting people over to your house, because in that scene, this is it's the breakup, by the way, with Vince Vaughn and Jennifer Aniston. When you've invited both families over for dinner and, uh, you know, you know me, I'm not way into presentation, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, to say the least. But when you're going to have a nice meal at your table, you want things put together. And if you had a visual of how it was going to be, you can help with that. Right. Maybe if she's being over the top about it, but all she said is bring this home for me. Right. And he didn't even follow through with what she asked. He wasn't listening. You think? He wasn't paying attention. I know. And so it's, but I really have to reiterate, because I think a lot of times when I see that movie in that scene, you and I have said, they're both not 100% right. Mm-hmm. And I don't know now. Well, in that fight, he was wrong. Yeah. But there's other, there's other fights where she's wrong, for sure. So um, the reason I pull, uh, put that up is because there's a really interesting blog, and it's called... He said he was leaving and she ignored him. And I think it it was written by a woman named Laura Munson. And I hope she can hear us talk about this because I thought it was a really interesting blog and it showed up on New York Times. So I know you don't like it when I read stuff. Okay. But I'm going to read some of it. All right. To give you an idea. Not like paragraphs. Not whole paragraphs. Okay. But help me 
kind of help sift me help through. You? Help me help you. Okay. So when Laura Munson's husband asked for a divorce, she ducked instead of instead of fighting. She he needed to learn. She says that his unhappiness wasn't really about her. They have a wonderful life. Everything's great. And then all of a sudden, she hears these words. I don't love you anymore. I'm not sure I ever did. I'm moving out. The kids will understand. They'll want me to be happy. Mm. She decided just not to believe him. She actually used the words, I don't believe you or I don't buy it. Um, So then he says, I don't love you anymore. I'm not sure if I ever did. Mm. Devastating, right? She says, his words came at me like a speeding fist, like a sucker punch. Yet somehow in that moment, I was able to duck. And once I recovered and composed myself, I managed to say, I don't buy it because I didn't. So he turned mean and he said, I don't like what you've become. Mm. Man, this guy really can pick a fight, right? Right. Gut-wrenching pause, she says. How could he say such a thing? That's when I really wanted a fight, to rage, to cry, but I didn't. Instead, a shroud of calm enveloped me and I repeated those words, I don't buy it. And she goes on to say she recently committed to a non-negotiable understanding of herself. She committed to the end of suffering. She managed to exile the voices in her head that told her that her personal happiness was only as good as my outward success, blah, blah, blah. So So what you're trying to say is that she she had been working on her own self-awareness and self-understanding before her husband came home with this big declaration. Exactly. So she was in an emotionally healthy place. Uh, My husband hadn't yet come to this understanding with himself. Um, he's, he basically had a midlife crisis. Uh, she says there are times in every relationship when the parties involved need a break. And she says, what can we do to give you the distance without hurting the family? Now, first of all, I've never heard comments like this from a couple fighting. It's just Mm. very interesting. Mm -hmm. So I say this story, I'm not done yet, but I say the story with the hopes that if you are having troubles with your spouse to think about it from this different perspective. Mm -hmm. Um, she says, go trekking in Nepal, build a yurt in the back meadow, turn the garage studio into man cave, get the drum set out, anything but hurting the children and me with a reckless move like the one you're talking about. Um, so she says, what can I do to give you the distance you need without hurting the family? And he's, this guy's like blown away. He's like, how can we have a responsible distance? I don't want distance. I want to move out. Um, so she Googled responsible separation. She came up with a list. And it included things like who is allowed to use credit cards, blah, blah, blah. So basically he spent a whole summer being unreliable, mm-hmm. but he didn't move out. Like he just kind of hung around and he was like, not the best dad. Sorry about that. Oh, I got to get rid of that. Um, thank you for obliging me because I know you don't like me to read these long stories. I, know, but I, I think said not good. a paragraph and you just read like two pages. I told the kids daddy's having a hard time as adults often do, but we're a family no matter what. Her friends were irate. Yeah. Oh, right? yeah. Can't you just hear the other women being like, why are you putting up with this? So this is what she says. I simply had come to understand that I was not at the root of my husband's husband's problem. He was. Yes. If he could turn his problem into a marital fight, he can make it about us. I needed to get out of the way so that wouldn't happen. So she decided to give him six months. And then lo and behold, after six months, he finally came around. Thoughts. Well, well, I think it's important for this reason. I I I can't say we can't really know what's going on in their family because that's just a blog. Right. Meaning we don't really know what happened before and how things are going now. But I think if I'm going to pull the best parts out of it is I have heard there's been many people um, 
in my professional career that have come to me and talked to me about their couplehood. They often call me and say, let's talk about my children, but really it comes down to their couplehood. And a lot of times they will share all these things, that all these struggles that they're having with their significant other um, because it's mostly women who come to me. And then when I say, well, what does he say when you, um, you know, when you express these concerns and they'll say, well, I haven't told him. And that's always my first like huge red flag. Like if you are having concerns in your relationship and you feel like you're not being seen or heard or valued, these are things that have to be expressed and they need to be of the utmost important, like top number one priority. You got to give the husband a chance to hear it. If he doesn't know, and now I'm doing, I want you to do the back and forth because I'm doing woman to man. But if he doesn't know that you think he should be doing A, B, and C, and that when he does this, it hurts you, or when he does that, it makes you feel unseen. If he doesn't know that, he's going to keep on going on as usual. Everything's fine. Because to him, everything is just flowing. Right. And it's not fair to play the game of he should know how I feel, Mm-mm. because that's called mind reading. It, yeah, which we can't do. We it, Nobody can. Right. You know, and that's the thing is, is and the passive aggressiveness that doesn't work either to like they do something and then you decide to pull away and not talk to them and they don't – I mean, you know, you and I have talked about this because I had a history of passive aggressiveness. It's not like you're learning anything mm-hmm. when I'm being passive aggressive. No. All you know is that you've somehow disappointed me. You don't know why right. and that you just have to make up for it somehow. Right. But there's no big learning going on. There's no, no big, deep, intimate conversation. Right. Intimacy, vulnerability is coming to someone and saying – literally what you're feeling. Yeah. Not a big story about how they should be better. Mm-hmm. And that's where this comes in, where you blame the other person. Right. But you take responsibility for here is what I'm experiencing. And it's scary, you guys. Like, Todd and I still have these conversations where, you know, something will come up in me and it may be about he and I, or it may be about something I need to do or something I'm experiencing. It may have nothing to do with him, but I'm still talking to him about it. And it's not easy. Mm-hmm. Even with all the trust that we have, it's still, it's like, it's like an emotion coming through. It hurts. It's right. scary. But once it comes out, there's a freedom right. because then I'm not doing everything in my power to repress that or to blame him for it. Right. Because that's what we end up doing a lot is we blame the other person. I know. And I think the reason I was so attracted to this blog is it because it's because we are we so often blame others for our happiness. Yes. Unhappiness. For our unhappiness. Yes. And it's something that we need to take responsibility over. And, and I don't have this perfect. There's plenty of times where I blame the outside world for something bad that happened to me. But I just think that this blog was a wonderful reminder mm-hmm. of that. Like you're you're in charge of your own happiness and the fact that this one and you know this is a parenting show you need to give your kids the same space yeah you know give them a chance to work it through without blowing everything up yeah whatever that means well and you know it's so funny that you say that because i was thinking about i think we already told the show but you know the experience with cameron there was a project that she didn't want to turn in because it was extra credit and i had to you know todd and i are very uh we have big boundaries with homework and tests and there's things you need to do before you go do anything else but when it comes to something like extra credit Mm -hmm. you know i always influence or not that's not the right word i always encourage encourage them to do it because why not man get some extra points that can only help you and but one of my daughters she didn't want to do it and it was for a lot of reasons based on fear and I really had to step back and say you have to be able to experience and feel how this will feel to not do it and I have to not 
try and make it about mm. me yeah. and what you need to do for me. And you just need to go have this experience on your own. And it's, it sounds small, but I'm trying to set the no, stage. No, you got to get away from the, I know better than you. Yes. I know you are going to feel better if you do it. What you want her to do is to not do it. Hopefully she gets, she just, dis, she disappoints herself right. or something. And that catapults her to doing it next time. Right. Instead of us really putting the pressure on. Right. And you know and I mean? being like, you've disappointed me or you should. And, and why that's connected to this is I feel like she has to take responsibility for her own life. Yeah. And there, when we have little kids, those boundaries are not always completely clear. Because we're doing, you know, when they're born, you do every single thing for exactly. them. And then every year that goes by, you, you we have to, to do a little bit go. less. We have to let go a little more. You have that, you know what, you know where I have a hard time letting go. You want to talk about a, a epic fail on my part is their bedrooms. Oh my gosh. Don't, I am the worst. Don't get at me picking, started. I know. And I know it drives you crazy. I So set the stage. They have, they have, well, not, not they, all of them. Somebody <laughs> of runs, them. runs a pretty tight ship. One runs a tight the ship. The other two ships, not so tight. They're not so tight. And they, and I try to, all these things that we talk about on the show, you know, you guys can just probably envision my brain is spinning, give them space, let them have their own area, you know, let them live the way they want to all these things. But at the same time, sometimes it's just I a can't complete walk. nightmare. I can't walk. And so a lot of times if I'm upstairs and in a mode, I will start taking their laundry. I don't like do a deep clean all the no, time. No, like, but once a month or six weeks, all of a sudden the room is clean. I go, what happened? <laughs> and you said, well, I had my headphones on and I liked what I was listening to. Totally. So I cleaned their room. Totally. It's not, it does not follow the pattern of what I talk about. I know. It drives me crazy. <laughs> I know. Um, and you know, one trick that I do is the carrot versus the stick. Hey, we're not watching totally. TV until you get a B plus on your room. You know, and I, I, I grade the rooms. I know, and I feel like that. In you know, you grade it in a just a way to give them an understanding of. Well, what it doesn't what is, have to be perfect. It doesn't have to be clean. perfect. Right. It just needs to be you know. But the thing is, is that I when they go up and do their rooms because they have to do it before they watch TV, they get a B, but the B for each of them is very different. Yeah, because one's six and one's eight. Right, and they. I guess my point is, is that sometimes, man, it just needs a deep clean. Like sometimes there's just papers that just need to be thrown away. Yeah. And if she is with me, those papers will not be thrown away. We got a hoarder. We, well, that's extreme. We but have a less extreme she likes word her of stuff. hoarding. And so I guess my point is, is that I don't do well there. Um, and that's something I, you know, there's there's a lot of deep thing reasons for that for me because I but didn't. She, but she might need her spelling test from three years ago, sweetie. <laughs> that's important. <laughs> I know. So, okay, going back to what we were saying I can't remember what we were saying. Doesn't matter. I, oh, just we were just talking about blaming and how the the thing that really you know it's funny, Todd, that you say that you can't stand blaming because in my college class, the one thing I tell my students, I tell them on the first day, and I probably tell them a hundred times after that, if you have a paper late, if there is something going on with you and you can't be to class, take responsibility for it and don't blame. Mm-hmm. Even if there's a long story to why you didn't show up. Right. And the m- most important part of life is showing up, right? And when you can't, because there's plenty of times I can't either for whatever reason, if I'm sick or just claim it, mm-hmm. you know, and in a relationship, if I drop the ball on something and you say, did you do this? And I didn't claim it. Mm-hmm. I didn't do it. Yeah. And you have to sit in the discomfort that you didn't do it. But it's a heck of a lot better of me pointing my finger back at you and saying, well, you didn't do this for me two weeks ago. Right. That's called blaming. Right. That's called pushing off something that is 
you and and again, this is hard work. Mm-hmm. This is what hard work is. This is the hard part of parenting. This is the self-understanding piece where you claim what's yours, you see the truth, and you um you deal with your emotional expression. Do you understand now why at the beginning of the show when we were talking about allowing your kids to have emotions, when you, when you have a habit of repressing every, every emotion you have, you're going to blame everyone for everything because mm-hmm. you're not going to want to feel anything. Right. So I'm sorry. No. I'm, I'm getting all worked up about it. Last line, which I love the Let most. Me, yeah. My husband tried to strike a deal, blame me for his pain, unload his feelings of personal disgrace onto me. But I ducked and I waited and it worked. Mm. So I just think that that's a lovely approach. And, you know, we didn't even put it in the caveats. Like there's a lot of crazy marriages out there where there's abuse going on. And that has nothing to do with what we're talking about. This has to do with a decent marriage. And all of a sudden the guy or the the woman says, I don't know if I ever loved you. Then, uh, you know, I, I think this woman is very evolved to have a response the way she did. And I feel like professionally, um, now that we're in our 40s, it was around late 30s and to now, I'm 42, um, I have had so many people come to me with these kind of things, like, wait, I'm not happy here. I don't think I ever was. Mm-hmm. And they're searching outside mm-hmm. to find something that fills them up again. Mm-hmm. And it's got nothing to do with their family. Yeah. They are, they are, and a lot of times, big mistakes are made. Sometimes they can get it back together, well, but a lot of times, big mistakes are made. Well, and big mistakes are made or they sweep it under the rug because it's easier when your kids are younger because the kids draw a lot of your energy and attention but as soon as those kids bail you're 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 there back with your wife like you were when you started that's right and if you spent the last 20 years being a parent and not being a husband or a wife you got the odds are not as good as if you would work on the marriage like we're going on a date tonight we are and you know something that i started doing a while ago and it's a framing and naming thing with you mm. is you are my best friend you know you're like you are the person i go to with everything and sometimes the word husband i i don't love it because it kind of puts you in a different mentally in a different category like mm. oh my husband has to do this or my you know my husband drives me crazy or whatever and when i consider you my friend I would never treat my friend this way, that way, or the other way. Oh, I see. Do you know what I yeah, mean? Yeah, the husband, there's like a detached emotional component by using the word husband. There's a societal thing where it's like, my husband's such a jerk. My husband doesn't listen to me. My husband this, where all of a sudden you become like more distant from me. And again, it, it's just a word, but this is why framing and naming is important. When I think about, when I, when something's going on between Todd and I, and I think about him and the word that comes to me is he is my friend, my most important friend in the world. How do I want to treat him? Mm-hmm. What do I want to say to him? Do I want to hurt him because he's my husband and he deserves it? Or is it he's my friend and I want to make sure we can work this out because I want him to be my friend for life. Well, and I'll respond with that as people say, well, I don't love you anymore. And I say it like once a month, love is a verb. Love is a verb. It's not a feeling. Yeah. You need to make loving acts, you know, do all the stuff that makes you a good husband to that's love. It's not this kind of ambiguous feeling that just kind of is there or it's not. Right. It's not. Well, and as we know, you know, it's that you can always recreate romance. But when you're going through a week of Monday through Friday of getting kids to school and everything, it's not a really romantic Mm -hmm. time. That's where the friendship part is key. Right. Because you're kind of like, you know, you and I are, you're doing this, I'm doing this. It's not all. But then you have to develop time for romance and you have to get your energy up for romance. But the one line in there that I thought was so important what? was when he said, I don't like who you've become. And who is he talking He's saying, to? I don't like who, who I've become. become. And I'm going to make it about you. Yep. If I wasn't with you, I would be different. Mm-hmm. And again, 
I don't know their situation, so maybe there's things that we don't understand that right. make that true. Right. But for the most part, again, generally speaking, we point a lot of fingers at the people in our lives and say, it's your fault that I'm this way. That's right. And um, Laura Munson, I'm giving her a big applause. Are you going to give her ovation number eight? Nice job, Laura. That was applause sound number eight. Oh, good. All right. Um, Avid Company, they are our third partner, painting and remodeling throughout the Chicagoland area, 630-956-1800. Jeremy Kraft is the owner and president and a good friend. Give him a call. Tell him Zen Parenting sent you, and he'll treat you right. Last but not least, I want to try to incorporate questions from the listeners, and Kimberly obliged us this last week. Um, do you want to give this a quick summary, or sure. would you like How me much to? time do we have? We have about nine minutes. Okay. So the quick summary, I'm not going to read it, but she, uh, they're stationed in Japan and she, they're a military family. And basically there is, I guess, a desire in, I think she said in Tokyo mm-hmm. where they want children who are, um, of, you know, Caucasian descent right. to model. Mm-hmm. Okay. And so her, her children have had an opportunity to model over there based on where they are. And, and, and this mom did not seek the modeling agency. No, they, they came to her. They came to her. And her daughters are five and four. And it said, it sounds like they model two or three times per month. And she said they really enjoy it. Now her concern is about the emphasis on looks. And she, you know, she kind of, this mom sounds like she's already kind of hyper aware of the fact that, you know, girls, everything about them is about their appearance. And the thing that she said, um, and she said a lot of information, but cutting to the chase, is she starting to notice that her daughters are talking about their appearance? Like, um, I wish my hair was straight instead of curly. And when she asked her daughter, how do you, you know, how would you describe yourself? The girl said, pretty, cute, and beautiful. And so the mom is starting to become, it sounds like she was already aware, but now she's starting to become concerned that maybe this modeling experience is creating a situation for her daughters where the only way they see themselves is through their beauty. Mm-hmm. And so her question question is, is I'm basically, she's saying, am I messing up by letting him do this? And I think that, um, you know, I've been contemplating this a lot, um, about beauty and appearance and sexuality for women because there's nothing wrong with it. Mm -hmm. And I think you can't like push it away because the truth is, is that all women, enjoy, they like to look nice. They, there is a sexual aspect to all women. Um, women enjoy, some women enjoy clothes and that kind of thing more than others, but it, we don't want to throw out everything so we can be... You don't want to throw out the baby with the bathwater. Right. And the reason I say that is I, um, I found a great blog the other day, and I loved it, um, about how this mom was teaching her daughter to... Um, to question everything in our society mm-hmm. about when you notice that women are dancing in a video in front of men and it's all about the men, question that. Why are the women doing that? Um, she, you know, when you see a billboard, a billboard where a woman is naked, question why are they using that to sell that product? And she's really teaching her daughter to question. One of the comments she made in the blog was about that. She, her comment was, and when there's cheerleaders cheering um, for a football game, why are the girls cheering on the those boys. Why isn't it about them? Well, guess what? The whole message of the blog got lost because everybody, all the comments started focusing on cheerleading's not bad. Cheerleading's great. I did cheerleading. And I will just say for myself, I did pom-pom. So I did that kind of activity too. And I don't necessarily think there's anything wrong with that. And I don't think that blog, that blogger was trying to say it's all about cheerleading. Her message got lost through people got triggered. What she's trying to say is question it. Is it true? I mean, if you love cheerleading and you love doing 
it for itself, then that's great. But if your whole intention is other people's attention and male focus, and this is the only way I'm going to be valued, Mm -hmm. then there's a very different thing going on. So getting back to her question, um, I think that it's okay for girls to have an experience with modeling if that's something that they love, um, if if they're enjoying it and it sounds like they were sought out. But she has to then, in other aspects of their lives, question things like, is it true? You know, like, you know, she could have books, mm-hmm. you know, like where they're going through. And is it true that the girl needs a prince to save her? Mm-hmm. What do you think about that? Do you really think that men need to save women? Or, you know, a little girl who feels like she needs to look a, a, a certain way or, or just real experiences like when the, her daughter says, I wish my hair was straight. Do you, why do you think, why do you think it'd be important for your hair to be straight? What does that mean to mm-hmm. you when your hair is straight? Yeah. And peel the, peel the onion. Peel the onion. Question those things that our daughters- With them. Because our daughters are being inundated with these messages. And our job as parents is not necessarily to say it's not okay to model, it's not okay to do cheerleading. Those are just aspects that have gotten a little out of control, but to question why you want to do it Mm -hmm. and to question, to make sure that there's other aspects of their lives that balance out that need to feel beautiful. Well, my take is, I think the fact that Kimberly's even asking this question is she seems like she has a handle on the situation. Yeah, she's already quite aware. Yeah. Um, and plus, I mean, to your, the advice that you just gave is, you know, talk to your daughters. And I'm sure Kimberly will when they're at the right age, but they're five and four. Well, so like like she asked them, what are the few words to describe you? And they said, pretty cute and beautiful. Okay, that's the outside. Now go inside mm-hmm. and tell me some of the inside things that make you feel mm-hmm. good about yourself. That's what I mean about questioning, like not just about asking them to like to peel the onion, but continue that conversation. Don't get stuck. Well, one trick that we do, like if the girls got a new dress and, you know, they look good in the dress, uh, I don't say, oh, you look so great in that dress. How does that dress make you feel? Right. And, you know, that's words, it's language, it's really no big deal. But I don't ever want to make them think that I value them higher because, because they're wearing a right. nice dress. Because the truth is, is it's all a filter. Mm-hmm. If you, if your daughter walks down and you're like, oh my gosh, you look so pretty, you look so great. That's what you think is pretty and great. Mm-hmm. What does she think pretty and great looks like? Because when my daughters walk down and they're in a crazy outfit and I say, how do you feel? And they say, oh, I feel like me or I feel so good. Then what I have to say- right doesn't matter as much because maybe my filter, I think they should be, you know, I'm like a kind of a matchy matchy person. (laughs) I, you know, for whatever reason, and my daughters are not. And so they're, and I've never pushed that on them. I've never said you, you know, like even now girls, their age, they all wear mismatched socks and stuff. Yeah, Great. If you feel like yourself doing that, but you have to have a self check to not impose what you think they need to look like because you think they're an extension of you. They have nothing to do with you. They are their their own beings. So my thing too that I would say to Kimberly is number one, it sounds like you're already quite self-aware. Number two, there's nothing wrong with them feeling good about their appearance, but you want to take it inside and let them know that that the outside is only a piece mm-hmm. of beauty. And the inside is what matters And more. the inside is what's going to sustain them right. in their life because outward appearance doesn't, no, it, it changes. Right. And especially you know, for our kids, it's not just about getting old. They go through awkward stages, Mm -hmm. and if they think that they are not worthy Mm -hmm. in those middle school stages where they get a little awkward, Mm -hmm. then that's part of the reason it gets so difficult. So we have to help them go inside. So um, thank you, Kimberly, for submitting the question. And if there's other listeners out there that have a question they want to throw out there, we'll do our best to work it in. But we don't 
ask for it very often, but I'd like to ask if you guys have questions, let us know, and we'll mm-hmm. give our two cents. Um, so last but not least is our self-promotion if, uh, as far as what we have going on. Do you want to promote anything, sweetie? Well, I know that, first of all, our first BU Girls Club they're graduating next week. Sweet. So that's one big thing. We Yes. So if you have a fifth grade girl, our, actually our spring group is almost full, but we have a few spaces. <laughs> but if you have a fifth grade daughter who lives, actually, and this is not for everybody, this is in the Elmhurst community, but if you have a fifth grade daughter um, and you would like to have her be a part of BU, it's been an incredible experience for fall. So I'm sure it'll be the same for spring. Um, also want to promote the fact that in about a month we're doing, uh, well, I, actually I'm doing a virtual retreat. Mm-hmm. So that's that's coming up, and I think that's all besides books. Well, I got my uh, men's retreat coming up uh, in the that next winter, March seventh through March 9th, And there's actually some guy listeners who are interested. Cool, who don't live here? Who don't live here? So I got people flying in who are people potentially flying in uh, to Chicago to do this men's retreat. And cool. I'm really excited. So if you're interested, uh, email me at comments at zenparentingradio.com and I'll get you some more information. And just keep an eye out on our Facebook page. If you haven't liked our Facebook page, go and like it because we have a new website coming. We have a lot new, we have these events that we've been talking about. It's going to be a lot easier to access this information. So we want to make sure you're clued into what's coming up. And then uh, you have two books, Self-Aware Parent Part 1 and Part 2, uh-huh. really good books. And you can uh, find them on your website. What's your website? Uh, KathyCAdams.com. Kathy with a C. Yes, sirree. Um, or the link is on Zen Parenting Radio. Or you can go to Amazon. Um, so I think that's about all I got. All right. You got anything else? I don't think I do. All right, everybody. Well, thanks for listening, and we'll check in with you next week. And have a great week. 